This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Would you do naked and afraid? What? <laughs> no. I, I would in a heartbeat. Okay, what is the point of that one, though? I don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't win money. It's bragging rights. I was naked. I mean, some of them, like, are now, like, they're, like, career naked and afraiders, and they, like, have done, like, five seasons, and they do the XLs, and, like, where they're there for, like, 40 days. Have you seen those ones? No. Oh, my God. That, get into that show, too. Why are they naked, though? It's just to make it harder. It's nuts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Closet Talk. Today, our guest is Jesse Sullivan, a TikTok star and trans right advocate. And I'm so excited to ask him questions that I've always had about him, his journey and his life. But today we are asking questions with a twist. We are playing a game called What's in the Box, where there's going to be a box and we're going to reach our hands into it completely blindfolded. We're going to have to guess. And on the bottom of the box, there's going to be a question. And I can't wait to get into it. But I'm also very scared because I have no idea what we're about to get our hands into. Welcome back to Closet Talk, and today my very special guest is Jesse Sullivan. Yeah. Jesse Sullivan. I love that. Monsters, Inc. core. <laughs> and I'm so excited because I think I saw your first TikTok ever that might have blown up when 2020, like yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And I see you every once in a while. You yeah. you saw it when it, at that time? When yeah, it, yeah, I saw it at okay, that time cool. when that blew up, and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, is it resurfacing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, no. I'm scared. Yeah, I saw it like when it first I think initially blew up and it was about you having Arlo and yeah. stuff and I was like oh, I mean this is fire I, I, it happens to me too I just like don't see people and then you know I saw you just you know you and your fiance I, I saw the engagement mm-hmm. and I was like oh word that was cool <laughs> I know TikTok does that you like follow someone and then I'll see and I f- almost forget about them and then like six months later they pop up back up and I'm like where have you been yeah I wanted to follow you because I want to see your videos like, <laughs> yeah so strange yeah but then you don't know the name and you don't yeah. know how to yeah, find yeah you're them. like wait yeah. what do they go by on TikTok I yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool though watching that journey and then now you're here and mm-hmm. did you ever think you'd be like a content creator like doing this oh my god no to this day like it hits me all the time and I'm like this I can't believe this is my job like this yeah. is it's so strange because I studied philosophy in college and mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be a philosophy professor and I was actually huge into like gender studies and yeah queer theory I, I did a lot of that in college so I thought I was going to have like a minor in that and I guess in a sense you know I've turned my social media into that in some way if I, you know I was going to be a professor talking about gender studies it's yeah kind of like the closest thing I could do on yeah. TikTok but yeah no I definitely didn't think so I yeah. thought probably like a million other things before this yeah I mean me too I was in nursing school and then all of a sudden COVID hit and I was like violently making three to six videos a day for <laughs> no reason I just yeah. got like super into it my mom barges in my room she's like why do you have 10,000 followers? And I was like, Girl, <laughs> I don't know. And then the next month it was like 3 million. And I was like, wow. okay, help. <laughs> like, yeah, what do I it, do? It happens quick. Super fast. Like I always tell people, I was like, oh, how fast did you like blow up to, you know, like over 2 million? And I was like, I think it was literally like three to five months. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was so quick from like, oh yeah, like my first 10 and then 20. And then that, that video you're talking about actually is where it was like almost scary to open my phone because it was <laughs> It's like, all of a sudden it's yeah. like you open your phone and the little notification at the bottom is like 110,000 <laughs> yeah. new followers and yeah. you're like, I need to call the cops. Yeah. Like I'm so scared. It was crazy. Yeah. 
But do you do you like this more than? I mean, I feel very grateful that I get to do this for a living. Um, I never want to be like an influencer who like sounds ungrateful, but mm -hmm. I think there is like a lot. It's a lot harder than I ever anticipated. Um, and I think that's only because I'm trans. Like I literally think if I was any kind of other content creator, I wouldn't be saying that right now. But mm -hmm. being an openly trans person in where like, you know, our culture climate, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah. I get literally hard. torn apart 24-7. So. Oh, yeah. No, I post stuff and sort of you become comfortable in the platform that you create because you think for a while you're a little bit in control of it. And yeah. for a while, you know, I talked about this last episode where I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's cool because I feel like I've built this really awesome queer audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get to be representation for people who are maybe like sitting in their basement in Utah and don't mm -hmm. have any queer friends exactly. or, you know, don't get to see what they wish they could look like or act like, you know, freely throughout their day. And, you know, that's where parasocial relationships get built. But you don't really have as much control over it as you think no. that you do in the beginning. And I post, you know, on TikTok and I feel like that's a pretty pretty that's the most accepting platform 100 percent. TikTok. that's a thing i think we're talking about representation obviously we do that a lot here but you know being able to sort of just expose people yeah. to just who we are and then that's like maybe their first foot in the door mm -hmm. i think a lot of like you know unacceptance is based in fear because people just don't know things right yeah i think there i think there's that but i also think we're just at like a very interesting time in history yeah. i've talked about i've talked about this before where we're at this point where we've never been more progressive and simultaneously we are digressing like in it, at extreme rates. Mm -hmm. Things that I never thought I would see or people say at, you know, in 2023, 2024, I'm seeing and I think it's, you know, it's a lot of like the post-Trump era. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the rhetoric that was spread about trans people and still is about how like we're pedophiles and we're, you know, trying to make little kids chop their body parts off and right. all these things that are just absolutely insane. So like if that wasn't there, I think we'd be seeing like insane progress, but it, that it's just this very unique time like right now where I think like until people start to come around that, that all those things aren't true mm -hmm. or maybe like they were told stuff that, you know, they were brainwashed. I think it's just, that's where it is for now. Yeah. yeah. I've kind of accepted it. Like I realize like a lot of those people, I will never change their mind. Mm -hmm. And I think there's almost like a freedom in accepting that. Cause for a while I was like, no, like I want that person that like hates me and thinks I'm going to hell. And like, you know, this, I want to change that person's mind. And I realize like that's their own journey. Mm -hmm. And what I do isn't gonna change anything. So I refocus my energy on instead providing like, you know, a comfort zone for people who were like me when I was a kid and people yeah. who don't have someone to look up to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I totally see that and I feel that. And, you know, I've had a lot of like roundtable discussions with other sort of Gen Z creators or creators in this very specific era, like you said, in history mm -hmm. and in time. And it feels like there's this massive group of people that's, you know, eventually going to run the world, mm -hmm. rule the country, whatever. And we're trying to move so fast. We're all trying to get things done so quickly because we're such a progressive generation. Mm -hmm. You know, what other generation is going to hit a cop with a stop sign? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're just so crazy. And I think the main difference we've talked about before is seeing millennials and sort of what they post online versus what Gen Z posts online is like millennials sort of unless you're a content creator and understand the workings of the internet try to 
you know, post about their life in a perfect manner. You know, mm -hmm. the perfect lighting, the perfect this, the perfect that. And Gen Z tries to be as imperfect as possible mm -hmm. to sort of portray this chaos that is the generation that mm -hmm. we're going through right now. But I can definitely feel the progressiveness and we're all trying to, again, move so quickly forward. Yeah. It's like, what can we do like right now? Yeah. And it's consuming sometimes. I think you're right. I think there is like a huge split between the Gen Z's and what they're, actually me and my fiance were talking about this in the car because we we're saying how there someone posted um, that she was like 12 days after she had just given birth and she was doing a pageant. Mm -hmm. And um, so many people came for her. We're like, this is unrealistic. And you're, you're creating these like horrible expectations for, you know, moms who just gave birth. And, and I was like, but if that's her reality, yeah, then, so I think a lot of those people are the Gen Z's that they want, they're following moms who are like showing how hard it can be and that they're still wearing diapers and like yeah. all these things. And they're, you know, it's like this struggle. And I think it's because they want things to be so raw. Mm -hmm. But then we're almost, where are we like balancing it where like if that is that person's reality and that's mm -hmm. just how she, she can do that 12 days after birth, that's okay too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think there has to be a balance. And I think social media has lost its balance. And yeah. I think that's why we're, even TikTok, every, these apps that like I used to really love to be on, I don't enjoy anymore because I think we're starting to see like like when you're talking about like when we were first posting, you almost could curate this whole world. Yeah. And then now it's like very like there's a lot of rules. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to stick to this or you're you get canceled, you get called out, you get people hate you for it. And it's like I think what made TikTok so beautiful is that people were just authentically being themselves. Yeah. And it, I see it's changing all the time right now. Well, especially because it's so it's so heavily saturated now yeah, because people understand it fundamentally mm -hmm. as what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's a, you know, it's a platform where you can take anything from anywhere mm -hmm. in any sense. It's like Instagram now. I mean, I post those little photo things and then you start to understand the algorithm as a creator more. You start to get mm -hmm. those notifications where it's like, wow, your last photo post did way better <laughs> than your other ones. <laughs> you should post that more. Yeah, yeah. And so they tell you explicitly what they're trying to see. But yeah, it's definitely a very, very different world. And mm -hmm. it's it's forever changing. I mean, if you look at TikTok in 2022, it is vastly different than mm -hmm. the beginning of 2024. Mm -hmm. And the, yeah, algorithms scare the shit out of me. But yeah. that's another That's another. It's all, it, we could talk about that for, <laughs> for, forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely have loved seeing your journey, though. And I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more because now we're going to play a game where we shove our hands in a box. Okay, now Jesse and I are going to play a game called What's in the Box, where we have to guess what's in the box. And Amanda is going to bring out blindfolds. We're going to individually shove our hands in the box. And she promised us no live animals. I hope she breaks <laughs> that promise. But No bugs, please. <laughs> no bu are you afraid of bugs? I don't, I'm not, no, but I just wouldn't want to touch one. That's fair. I'm the one that like gets the bugs out of the house when there's yeah, a spider. But me too. I save them. I put them outside. I don't kill them. That's sweet. Yeah, do the paper under the cup. Yeah. Yeah, love that. No bugs either. So, but I'm grateful for that one. And there's going to be a question underneath each substance that we're going to answer. I don't even know the basis of these questions. So I'm excited. I can feel my other senses being amplified. Okay. Um, I think I kind of have an idea, but go for it. Why is it literally wet? I think I know what it is. This is horrendous. Is it cottage cheese? <laughs> Ew, girl, my hand I is I think wet. it's silly string. <gasps> oh my gosh, how is did it? you know that? Oh, nice. Because I remember being a kid and like when we would spray each other, we would get it and put it in balls and like squish it and it was like bringing back memories. Nice. You know what? If I would have smelled it, I would have guessed yeah. that. It has a very distinct oh, yeah. smell. Silly string actually kind of smells bad. Do we have napkins? 
Um, okay. I love this question because we were just talking about it. Um, which one of your tattoos would you keep if you could only keep one? Ooh, that's really hard. Because I have my kid's name on me. But is it like my favorite tattoo, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Um, I feel like that would be so... And I have like stuff with my fiance. This That would be really hard. Okay, I think if I'm going by like visually, like artistically. Yeah. Either it would be the shark eating the girl. Okay. Means a lot. And then, or the two angels kissing. Those are my two like favorite tattoos. That's a beautiful tattoo. That makes sense. But if I was going by like sentimentalness, probably, yeah, my kid's name. Okay. It's my first ever tattoo and, you know, it's Arlo Bear, so. Yeah. That makes sense. sense. Hold on. I I do have a tattoo for my cousin, but I didn't know her that well. Why'd you get a tattoo for her? She passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was my first ever tattoo. Um, It's always going to mean something to me. But... Again, if we're talking visually, man, I love this one. That one's rad. It's the little power line that I have. Yeah, that's sick. Um, and it's like about... What, what like... Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, it's about <laughs> my job. It's not done. It hasn't been done for like over a year now. Um, it's supposed to kind of finish around the back with like the lines, the power mm. lines continuing all around in like a circle to like portray like infinity or something Ooh, it's for my job because power lines are kind of what keeps me like connected Mm -hmm. to the people who follow me and it's always going to be something that like has changed my life forever like i was in such like a deep dark place and i know a lot of content creators like oh it saved my life but it like literally did i was in such exactly what you mean (laughs) yeah i i just also felt like you know people constantly talk about oh what passions do you have in life what really drives you and i had nothing Mm -hmm. until i started social media and really started to see a spark in myself that i had never experienced before and actually sticking with something three years later with somebody who has adhd when i was a kid i was like oh my gosh i want to be a photographer i want to be a calligrapher Mm -hmm. what even is that i want (laughs) i want to be a nurse you know i want to be a lawyer all of my hobbies and interests were constantly changing and so finding something that actually like creates passion in me yeah. every day and I'll just like you said the that. connection is great like yeah. that's what has kept me going mm-hmm. this whole time is like connecting to people all over the world that like you know we never would have known of each other before that yeah. and like i don't know i think that's definitely the most beautiful part of social yeah. media like hands down yeah it's definitely awesome plus i get to like meet cool people every day yeah like this is fire i mean that's how i met my fiance yeah i, I might be single right now if it wasn't for oh, social no. media no. <laughs> It's January. It's the new year and everyone's rushing to make their resolutions so that 2024 is their best year yet. Me personally, I want to cook more this year, but planning meals and going grocery shopping stresses me out. That's what I love about Factor. Their ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Factor now offers tons of mini-meal options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on my schedule for the day. Plus, I spend so much money on takeout food when I really don't need to. 
Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. Start your year off right and commit to your goal of eating more at home this year. Head to factormeals.com slash closettalk50 and use code closettalk50 to get 50% off. That's code closettalk50 at factormeals.com slash closettalk50 to get 50% off. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what this is and I'm going to shove it in my face hole. <laughs> right, you knew turn. that quickly? Yeah, go. Oh yeah, I know exactly too. Okay. Let one, two, three, a peep. I forgot the oh. word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I was going to say sparkly marshmallows, but you got, the actual, marshmallow. <laughs> you got the actual word. Is it a peep? It is a peep. Yeah. Sparkly marshmallow. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> I'm going to eat this one. I can read it through the bottom, contrary to the last one. What was your worst first date story? Ooh. This one's kind of more sad, but oh. like, <laughs> it's the it. only thing that I, that is like popping in my brain right now. It was, I, my dad had just passed away like a few months before. And I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to go on a date, but my, I think I was just trying to distract myself. And we went on a date. We're like at the Grove at dinner and like we started talking and I just started crying in the middle of the oh. date and it was her first date. And I, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I had to explain obviously like what happened, but that was probably like the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me on a first date. And it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not even that good. So you didn't, <laughs> that's yeah. Um, <laughs> so you didn't know her before? Like no, you weren't friends no I think we like met on like Tinder or something. This was obviously yeah. a long, long time ago, but. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I pissed myself on my worst first date. Jeez. Yeah, we went to a fair. <laughs> I, I was in high I school. Could, I, this, I already just like see the setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, I was so cool going into it. Um, but I walked in and I saw the drop tower and I thought to myself, as long as we don't have to go on that, I'm going to be chilling. Mm. We're going to be fine. And then the first words out of this girl's mouth, like she read my mind, she was like, I want to go on the drop tower. And I had to pretend like I wasn't terrified. And so I was like, <laughs> word, like me too. I really want to like, do that. Of course, that's why we're here. Yeah, that's literally the whole reason I brought you to this rinky fair. <laughs> and so we get in line, everything's fine. And then, you know, you get strapped in and I was going up and I was like, the further up I got, the scarier it is. Because you know when you're at the bottom, you're like, oh, we're like, I'm just going to get this over with. But they rise you up so slowly. Yeah, they like edge the you for no reason. And then they hold you at the top for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they let your, you let your guard down. You're like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, it's kind of scenic up here. Like, it turns scary to beautiful. And then they just drop me and I peed really? when it just dropped. Okay, I mean, that's kind of understandable. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like for like, you know, a weirder reason. But like that's <laughs> that, those rides are scary. Drop scare the scary. shit out of me. Especially those homemade fairs. Oh no. That pop up randomly no. every like June. I You're know. like, where'd you even come from? And it's so scary. I know me we always talk about this because actually me and my fiance are like second or third date was a fair. It was actually the O C fair. Which yeah. was like pretty legit. No, that one's pretty But pretty still scary. we were like looking at like the little like screws and things and stuff. We were like, are these like good? Like I don't know. <laughs> you know, I hear more horror stories about sort of established rides rather than those pop-up fairs i've heard more horror stories about drop towers from like six flags or something like that that's true i guess but i don't know those just go up too fast that's what scares me like one minute you're like driving by the little lot and it's empty two days later it's a full theme park you're like yeah i mean the same thing (laughs) happens with concerts my favorite part about documentaries in every sense is artist documentaries is how fast they put the concerts together oh, yeah. i think it's so interesting it i've is. always wanted yeah. to work there it's but so you good. have the qualifications by the way i googled it the qualifications to work as somebody who's on a team 
putting up a concert, you have to be able to lift 50 pounds above your head at ease. And it makes sense. That's why it's so fast because they have these like super buff guys that are just like, you know, it's like movers. I want to be a buff guy. My brother was a mover. He got jacked in like six months. We just hired movers and I could not believe what they were doing and how fast they did it. I was like carrying like one little box at a time and then they were just like going like up and down stairs, these giant things. I was like, damn, we should have hired you a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, one, two, three, olives. olives. Yeah, what kind? Which I hate. The good ones. I actually hate you olives. You hate olives. I love like every food in the world. Olives is like olive and mushrooms. That's the only thing that I don't like. Olive theory. I'll eat almost anything. I mean, I'm vegan, so I won't eat meat. But I'm trying to shake the olives down so I can read the question. <laughs> All right. Oh, I thought you were gonna eat them. Yeah, I'm just getting. <laughs> I thought you were like, I ate the peat, <laughs> so I might as well. You know, these are my favorite. But do you have any TikToks that are still up? that you regret posting? Mm. Yeah, I think I have one like before I transitioned so it's more of like a lesbian TikTok. Ooh. But I, I left it up. I left it up because I was like, well, it did well, so like whatever. <laughs> but now I actually just came across it recently and I was like, I was like, oh, I can't believe that's still up. But yeah, it was like talking about like being a lesbian in LA or something. It was like, oh, so cringy. But yeah, that's it. That's it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Um... Um, the sounds. <laughs> Jesus, this is a, okay. Your turn. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know where it is. Um, one, two, three. Bottle cleaner. Toilet brush. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know, that might be better. What is it considered? This it, looks like a massive straw cleaner. When Arlo was a baby, I, I would use those to clean Arlo's bottles. So that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. This is like Slumdog Millionaire, where I'm like using like my like memories from like <laughs> childhood and like <laughs> okay which coming out was more difficult sharing your sexuality or your gender identity oh my god hands down my gender identity not even close coming out as a lesbian was like so easy everyone was so accepting my family was like a little like you know they're conservative so they're a little like weird about it for a little bit but then they got over it coming out as trans like i lost family members i lost people actually in the lesbian and queer community, um, the amount of hate I get is so different. Like, it's just vastly different. People are really triggered by gender. Uh, yes. Yeah. Way more than I think sexuality. Way more. Yeah. And I don't know why. Why do you think? Because I've gotten asked this a lot of times. I would say a lack of understanding. Like, you can kind of, everyone is attracted to someone. Mm-hmm. Well, the majority of people mm-hmm. are attracted to people. But not everyone can look in the mirror and, you know, start to question what they're seeing, I guess. Yeah, I think I've always, I've thought about this so much and the only thing I can ever think is that I think we have been so conditioned to think that gender is so fundamental to who we are. It's one of the most basic things, right? You're either born a boy or a girl. Your nursery is either pink or blue. You either play with trucks or princesses. Like it's so binary and that was so easy for the world to understand so when people started deconstructing that it i think a lot of people felt like we were deconstructing like who human beings are yeah and i think obviously that's conditioning because i think if you know obviously you get into it it's not really the case but um yeah that's always my theory okay that actually it makes sense because you know when i first cut off all my hair you know that was really hard for my parents Mm -hmm. when I first started to sort of explore my gender in a way that 
kind of made me question a lot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the main things that I will always remember is my dad saying, you're always going to be my little girl. And then my mom saying, you know, I always imagined walking you down the aisle in your, mm-hmm. you know, pretty white dress the second you were born. Right. Which so, is hard to deconstruct for parents. Oh, well, yeah. But it shows that like how that was so important that you were a girl and you were born a girl and that they had these ideas of what a daughter was going to be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it shows how people think about it. And I had family members say very similar things to me. But yeah, I think they can't, it's really hard to deconstruct something that feels so deep into who they are when it's yeah. really not when you think about right. it. But It is super fundamental to humanity as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a boys section mm-hmm. in the clothes area. There's the boys toys, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, you grew up, you play with trucks or you mm-hmm. play with dolls. I was playing with the trucks. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that sort of conditioning that's brought into our parents, you know, the further back you go in generations, the less gender has been questioned, yeah, obviously. Definitely. And so, you know, three generations back, the girls just played with the pink stuff, the boys just played with mm-hmm. the blue stuff, like you said. And I grew up and the chaos that I caused in my family just by wanting to hang out with the boys mm-hmm. was just so confusing to yeah, everyone and same. wanting to, you know, the girls would be inside doing their makeup like the cousins would be all doing the makeup and the boys would be outside playing basketball and i sucked at basketball but i wanted to play Mm -hmm. you know and the confusion that i struck within my mother of her being like why don't you want to be inside doing your makeup was so crazy because i I couldn't even explain i was like i don't know i don't know (laughs) this is just who i am this is just who i am and i think you know I, i listened to a podcast the other day it was a very interesting title it was called nurture versus nurture and the different parenting styles and sort of how you know, they might conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, you have two people raising a child. They might start to do it differently. And, you know, I just think it's so interesting because there was was a lack of exploration that I was allowed to do when I was a kid. Well, people ask me this all the time because what shows that it's so possible to, like, undo that is how I raised Arlo. Yeah. People think that Arlo is, like, a non-binary or gender-fluid person because I'm trans, but that's not the case. It's that Arlo had the blank slate to explore to be whoever they wanted to be. And this is who they were. Yeah. So I think it's, it just shows the difference versus like our parents and their their parents and how they raised with those strict binaries and those boxes. Like when you take those away, what is possible for a human being? Arlo can be as feminine as they want. They can be as masculine as they want. They can be in the middle and they're per, like a living proof yeah. of what raising children to just be whoever they are can, can do can for do. someone. Yeah, that's exactly kind of, I started to, you know, as you leave the nest sort of spread your wings. I started to raise myself, it felt like, mm-hmm. and sort of gave myself the time and the avenues that I could have access to to sort of explore a lot about who I was. And the more that I grew comfortable with myself, the more I realized I actually am a very feminine person. Mm-hmm. And I was always very afraid of that right. because as I you know, first left the house, I was like, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I fully was identifying as a guy in college, mm-hmm. he, him pronouns, different name, whole thing. And then as I moved to L.A. and I started to explore different avenues of gender, I started to realize how much I really do like my femininity, too. Mm-hmm. And so the more that I just allowed myself the grace to understand different things about myself was yeah. I was like, whoa, this I, is actually calm. Th- yeah, exactly. And I think two things you said are so true. Like one, that you like start to almost raise yourself when you're mm-hmm. out on your own. That's so true. And I think a lot of queer people experience that. And mm-hmm. like, that's why a lot of people be like, they act young, but I think it's actually that like you finally for the first time yeah. are able to explore those things. And then even as a trans man, I always say the same thing. I'm like, I still have a love for the person who I was before I transitioned because 
I went through so many things that only someone who was a you know female presenting person could go through, mm-hmm. and it's shaped who I am now. So there's not like this hate, like oh I hate looking at myself in those pictures. It can be hard, but there's also like a love there. Yeah, I I very recently just started to experience that love. I used to hate looking at old pictures of myself. It used to make me so uncomfortable. But I think it was just this past year, my dad pulled up an old picture of me. He likes to send me like in a dad way. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, oh look at this old family vacation, whatever. He just sent me a picture and he was like, oh I think you look you look pretty here. Mm-hmm. And at first, it, like two years ago, I'd have been like. <laughs> you why <laughs> you know i don't i don't even know what you're talking about dad you know yeah. but i looked at it and i was like i do yeah. like there's sort of that that love for the person that you like once were but mm-hmm. also you know that is why i am the way that i am and who yeah. I, who i am why i am <laughs> where i am why are we um yeah do you know yeah i know oh my god uh, uh. <laughs> okay yeah i'm trying to are you gonna feel it again? No, I'm trying to put it on my finger. Oh. That didn't work. I broke it in half. Okay. Um, <laughs> One, two, three. Jello? Jello? I think it's cranberry. No. Is it cranberry? There, that is cherry also the... Jello, right? Mmm. Cherry Jello smells so good. Actually, cherry Jello with whipped cream. That sounds delicious. You've never had that? No. That was like such like a '90s kid dessert. I feel like. What year were you born? 2000. Damn. I'm old. Would you rather compete on Survivor with Arlo or Francesca? Okay, who wrote this question? Because do they know that I'm obsessed with Survivor or is this random? <laughs> I'm also obsessed with Survivor. Did so you know that? Sense. Oh my God. Yeah, me and Francesca are obsessed with Survivor. And my roommate are too. And we 100% are going to go on that show together. Really? Arlo never would in a million years. They hate sun and water and air and wind and oxygen and everything <laughs> that's in the world so flying to new places so it would never be Arlo but me and Francesca are going on that show yeah I, I promise you in the next three years you will see us on there would you go I have asthma okay. so if they were like hey swim across that lake I'd be like girl you're gonna <laughs> find me dead in the middle of it like, I think I, they, I think there's screenings for stuff like that they might you might not even be allowed to if, yeah that's what I'm saying yeah like if, if there was ever a female draft I wouldn't be able to go because yeah. I can't run 200 meters without briskly being I think if exhausted. it's like a liability I don't know for sure that's just my guess based on like some of these shows but right maybe just I'll bring look it Haley. up but I, I I highly doubt it I would I you would do try. Naked and Afraid what <laughs> no I, I would in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> I what is the okay what is the point of that one though I don't know I mean yeah you don't win money it's bragging rights I think you make like a small I was naked yeah I mean, some of them, like, are now, like, they're, like, career naked and afraiders, and they, like, have done, like, five seasons, and they do the XLs, and, like, where they're there for, like, 40 days. Have you seen those ones? No. Oh, yeah. That, get into that show, too. It's really good. Why are they naked, though? It's just to make it harder. They have to be exposed to the elements. It's nuts. <sighs> okay. Okay. Okay, put your hand in at the same time. Okay. We're going to do this bro with bro. Can you feel it? I took one out. Oh, whoa. Whoa. This is, I know what it is. You do? Take, take, take a little chunk out and then play with it. I, I wanted to say noodle, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, hit myself in the face. Oh yeah. Like a macaroni. That's what was throwing me off. It's a macaroni. Cause I was like, it's too small. Yo, where's the cheese? (laughs) This is just the most bare noodles I've ever seen. It actually like is so sad looking without the cheese. It's like gray. (laughs) It looks like you, you guys. Put, like, you should not be eating this. 
back at home. Okay. Um, well, I can't answer this one, but can you tell the behind the scenes story of how you proposed to Francesca? So I knew I wanted to propose to her for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been planning it for like, God, like probably like nine months. But she like was very strict on her timeline, and she doesn't like when I tell people this because it makes her sound like she was like, "You better propose to me by this date." It wasn't like that. It yeah. was that we both knew it was gonna happen, yeah, like a hundred percent. And she just wanted it to happen by the specific date because, like, by that date we were going on this huge. She's from Canada, and we were gonna go to Canada and go all over Canada to see her family on the west coast and the east coast and her best friends, and we're basically seeing everyone she loves in Canada yeah. on this trip. So she kept saying, she's like, please make it before that trip so that when I go, it's kind of like my celebration with everyone I've ever loved. Right. And I was like, I get that. Like, that makes sense. Like, there's a logic there. So I did have kind of like this date that I needed to do it by. And the ring, like, design, which I designed it from scratch. It was 100% my design. It took took me like six months. Um, She would change a lot of her things. Like, she'd be like, oh, I actually want this. I actually want that. And I finally got to a point where it was like, you can't change anything anymore. Yeah. Otherwise, this is never going into production. (laughs) And that date that you want isn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, so she was like, okay, yeah, like, I trust you. So the second she said that, I told the ring company, I was like, put it in production. Start now. And uh, rings can take, like, three, six months. Like, it depends. Mm -hmm. And this was a very intricate ring. (laughs) And so I told the company, by the time, like, the date that I said, I was like, okay, go ahead, start making it. And then the date I was going to propose, they had, like, two weeks. And so I was like, if you can make it happen, I'm going to literally plan the full proposal. We left on Sunday. I proposed on the Friday before. And I was like, if you guys can get it to me on Friday, like, we're a go. I'll plan everything. And they're like, okay, we're going to do our best. We're going to get it to you. Yeah. So they ru- they pretty much, like, put my ring, like, first and, like, rushed it as fast as they could. Um, it still was, like, perfect and beautiful. But yeah. I received it in the mail from New York Friday afternoon. I proposed Friday evening. So it was like the most stressful 24 hours of my life. I literally wanted to go to sleep or eat oh or breathe. It, I couldn't. It was so insane. It was like, and I also had to plan this full thing, this full night with, I did this like basically this orchestra in LA um, and this like really famous church here with like a million lit candles and a live orchestra that played our favorite, our love song. And I had to get all our family and friends there. Yeah. Our dog, Romeo, who's this Pomeranian, he was wearing a tux. That's so I cute. had to make sure Arlo was in town because sometimes Arlo goes to their other dads. And what our whole thing was the only way, I was like, the only way I'll propose if Arlo's there. And she was like, the only way I want you to pr- propose if Arlo and Romeo, our dog, is there. Yeah. So I have, of course I had to have them there and... So when she walked in, it was like the orchestra, the candles, and she walks up and she's holding, you know, our dog, or Arlo's holding our dog, and they both are in tuxes. That's so cute. It was like the cutest thing in the world. I proposed, and I could tell she wasn't, she was so, like, flabbergasted that, like, she wasn't listening to one word I said, like, what, while I was doing one knee. <laughs> yeah. I could just, I was looking at her face, and her face was like... <laughs> And then after I was like, did you hear anything? I said, she's like, you could have been speaking another language. (laughs) And then she looked over and it was our friends and family. And it was just like, it was honestly, I think the best night of my life. So within all the chaos, it ended up being so perfect. And then I had a dinner and a hotel room at the Beverly Hills Hotel after. And it was just so perfect. We all drank and had the best time. And that's amazing. It but it was like down to the wire. Yeah, like. <laughs> that sounds like it. Oh my, I'd be, I'd be so, I'm a perfectionist. I Me need too. Everything like, I need same. needs to be perfect. We That's painted I mean. last episode and I literally was like shaking because I couldn't finish it. I'm I, exactly yeah. the way. I, everything has to be perfect. So I was so stressed out. But um, it was funny too, because like I told her we were just going to this live orchestra that 
you know, I tricked her, obviously. And, but I was like drinking <laughs> and she was like, it, she was like, it's so weird when we do events, you normally don't drink this much cause you know, we have to get photos taken of us and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just really feel like drinking tonight. And like, <laughs> but I, that, that was the only thing keeping me sane cause I was like shaking and I didn't want her to see that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do a shot. I'm going to do a shot. But I was like, by the time we got there, my anxiety had like burnt it all off and I was yeah. like sober, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a lot. That, no, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> my girlfriend told me the other day, she was like, I know when you're going to propose to me. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, you don't, you know? <laughs> and she was like, no, I know because you're going to, you know, make sure I have my nails done. Mm-hmm. She, she always has like acrylics on and, mm-hmm. you know, she's always like loves her little nails. And she's like, you're going to tell my best friend to go get my nails done, tell her to be a secret. And yeah. then you're going to, you know, you're going to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm so obvious. I can't lie. Like yeah. I ha- I'm so, everything I have in my head is just on my face. Yeah. So I have no idea how I'm going to be able to be like, <laughs> what's you going ha- you on? You have to do things that, so what I did, cause obviously she knew I was going to propose by that, by the time we left for Canada. So I tricked her and the, so Friday I proposed and then on Saturday I kept making this big deal that I had planned this dinner at the place that we had our first date. So I was like Saturday, 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 like make sure, you know, it's our, it's like going to be this special dinner. It's where we had our first date. And so she was thinking it was going to be Saturday, not Friday. Right. And that's how I tricked her. Yet I still had to make Friday big en- a big enough deal to where she was like fully glammed and dressed right. and nails and everything. So I'm going like to text you and get tips. A fine line. And, but she said, she's like, as soon as we were like on the way, she started getting an idea, but she didn't know until she like heard the song playing. She's like, that's when I knew. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I pulled up. I just, thought she was going to know. Just hearing the story, I like have nerves <laughs> for you, dude. Like, that's so crazy. I don't know if I would have been able to like breathe for a week before getting the ring. It was, no, it was so intense. I was literally on the phone calls, like secret phone calls in my like driveway for like two weeks. And she was just like looking at me like, but she kind of knew. So she was like letting it pass. But she was like, what is he doing? Well, congratulations. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. I know. Oh, gosh. I know what these are. Smell like silly string. Oh, yeah. These are dangerous, by the way. What? Yeah. Are these um, water beads? Orbeez? Yeah, Orbeez, yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're saying that, like, kids can swallow these and it, like, kills them. They're trying to get them banned. Oh. <laughs> I was oh. going to eat some. So. No, don't. Oh, my God. Because, think, if you're, like, three, you're going to eat that. Like, I would yeah. have eaten that for sure. I would have been like, ooh, this squishy little ball. It's candy. <laughs> it's candy. But then I guess what happens is it expands inside of them. Oh my gosh! This is I, a I'm good one. I'm such a parent. Like I can like sense my like <laughs> my things are like. You're like I cannot have these around my child. Yeah. Um. This is actually about parenting. Okay. So you've been open on social media that you're in the process of trying to have another baby. So what was the biggest dad panic moment you had when Arlo was a baby? Probably just like all of it. I was, you know, I was in high school. Yeah. Um. I was so young. I was pretty much doing it on my own. I, yeah, the panic was like getting bringing them home probably for the first time yeah. alone as like a eighteen year old and entering my like new apartment and like being like okay this is on me like what do I do <laughs> yeah this is a baby uh, this is a baby I'm on my own now um, but yeah I don't know if I necessarily had like a moment or, like a thing uh, I also remember when like finding out that Arla was like biologically a girl um, just being so scared because of like where the world is at. And how, like, going through, like, you know, at the time, like, someone who was female presenting and went through, like, things that a a girl or a woman goes through, I was like, oh, my God, I have to raise this girl to be so protected in this world. Yeah. And, like, that was probably my most, like, dad panic thing that I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a child. There was this one time with my cats, though. (laughs) um, 
I don't know how I'm going to be as a parent because, you know, we talk about it all the time on this podcast for some reason about, you know, what your parenting style is going to look like. Yeah. And obviously I was very sheltered as a child and I don't want to do that to my kids. I want them to be able to like do what you did. Let them explore whatever they need to in order to understand fundamentally who they are. But with my freaking cats, dude, those are my babies right now. Like those are my like practice things. Mm -hmm. And they're like weird abnormal cats are hairless and the breed specifically is like the smartest breed the most social breed the loudest they just love to scream in the hallway and i'm (laughs) like why why do you do this there was this one moment at my old place where my cat harriet she's a bit of she's um the nutty one she just loves me for some reason she's very antisocial. her form of like expressing love she'll just sit there and she'll purr five feet away from me and i'm like we aren't even hanging out Mm -hmm. like what are you doing she loves cabinets all cats love cabinets right yeah and so in my old place she got locked under the underneath the sink and within 20 minutes of me not being able to find her i had written out like lost cat signs (laughs) and was like putting them up on the walls and like (laughs) shaking her favorite toy through the hallway literally like felt my heart like in my ass i was so scared no, i you know people ask me that a lot like is it having a pet like close and i think it is i always tell people get pets first yeah because it really like how we are with our, our little pomeranian like he's our son yeah and if someone opens the front door and the gates open weird like it's that panic like yeah she's yeah. thinking of running out of the door and i'm yeah. like do i not give you a good life here like <laughs> what is wrong with you like they'll sprint out in the garage or they'll it's just harriet she's the problem yeah. she'll sprint out into the front in the front yard and there was one time we had this ledge sort of they love looking out they love being high they're cats not like not like that but like they'll sit up tall on things i found her sitting on the ledge of my um apartment building on my patio i literally started crying (laughs) i like approached her with such calmness because like girl you don't want her to like you don't want want her to jump she'll jump at something dude like i don't know having a kid is a lot like that like when they're starting to walk you like i remember one time we're in like a busy parking lot and my sister she had never had a kid so she didn't know and just set arlo down and arlo when they're little they as soon as you set them down and they're walking they just run yeah they book it so it's like kind of like a pet and uh, my sister had set Arlo down and Arlo just started booking it through this busy parking lot and I had never felt fear like that in my life because yeah. like cars were everywhere. I was just like, cat, like why would you do that? I like ran after Arlo, like scooped them up. But like, yeah, it's like the same fear because you love something so much. It's your job to protect them. Yeah. And it's scary as hell. Yeah. But <laughs> now I'm going to do it all over again. So I think I'm crazy or something. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on Closet Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Westbrook, and this is our fantastic guest, Jesse Sullivan. Who are you? Where can we find you? What do you have exciting coming up? You can find me across all socials. Um, I'm at Jesse Sully. And the only thing I have exciting coming up is that I'm eventually going to be on Survivor. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, I'm about to have some babies. But other than that, just follow me on TikTok. Perfect. Follow the journey. Yeah. Um, do you know how quickly you're going to just go from one to the other, like baby-wise? Um, we want them pretty close, back-to-back, back, yeah. Probably like a year twins? in between, yeah. Oh, weird. Same but way. we just found out that when you implant one embryo, it can split. Yeah. So we <gasps> could have twins. And I guess, like, with, like, just a everyday cis couple having babies the normal way, like, I guess it's, like, a like a really low percentage, but the way we're doing it, it's, like, a 75% chance. We're, like... <laughs> you're gonna you gonna have four yeah well we're only implanting one at a time right so if that one splits we could have twins 
Oh my gosh. Love a good twin. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> I'm your host, Maddie Westbrook. Thank you so much for joining me on Closet Talk. You can find this podcast every single Friday on my YouTube channel at Maddie Westbrook. And you can find me, Maddie Westbrook, at Westbrook, across all platforms, everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I mean everywhere except for OnlyFans because now we have to specify. <laughs> but I will see you next week. Thank you so much for being here and being queer.